Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. and kitchen tables. It's stories shared and moments worth remembering. It's hoping and praying and taking chances. It's jokes and laughter and shoulders to cry on. It's questions and answers and I don't knows. It's knowing you don't have to figure it all out by yourself. It's messy and imperfect. It's giving and serving and growing better together. It's life and we weren't meant to do it alone. Life is better together. Find a life group that's right for you today. Our life groups are actually live on our website right now. So you can check out the ones that we're going to be offering this spring semester. Or you can go to groups.reallifechurchkc.com. 
Brian just told me, and if I messed it up, I was going to be upset with myself because he trusted me to do it. So, um, But there's groups kind of all over our area here in Belton, Raymore, and Peculiar. There's groups that have, you know, bring your kids, bring the family. Some have child care provided. So we have a wide range of things, kind of a little bit, hopefully, for everybody where anybody can get connected. So we're excited about that. And then finally, today, we are continuing our series, The Vow, where you get to learn more of Sean and I's deep, dark, intimate marriage secrets. So check out this video and get excited for this morning. Hey, I want to give a big welcome again, so thanks for being here. Um, you know, coming to church can be weird, because you might not be at church in a long time. You're like, man, I don't know what to expect. And so I really hope you guys just uh, enjoy service today and get something great out of it. I'm expecting God to do great stuff. So before I jump in, I just want to encourage some of you. We did a couple events this week uh, serving the community. We just love to be in the community. We're for the community. And so we helped out with an event. Gentleman of the court, uh, Scott Germain, his head basketball coach, Ray Peck, he said, hey, can we use your pipe and drape on Wednesday? And so we said, uh, sure, you know. We, we say yes to anybody who asks us, like, in a school district to use something. We're like, yeah, you got it. So we set this up for them. It was super awesome. So if you helped set up for that event, man, I want to say thank you so much for making that happen for them. They absolutely loved it. You can change the space. Like, this is a gym. Doesn't feel like a gym. Pipe and drape. Amen, right? So I want to say thank you guys that set up this. Uh, did an awesome job. We had a great event on Saturday as well. Um, it was Good Neighbors, Strong Communities. It was an amazing event. It was at Raypack High School. And we set up our kids' area down there. And it was just a fantastic job. Uh, people are shocked. I mean, they see our stuff like, man, you guys do that every week? And, like, that's, that's a classroom? Um, so it's just absolutely encouraging. We met so many people. And I want to say thanks to the Raypack Foundation for putting the event on, also inviting us out. Man, how cool is it that we were in a, a school <laughs> Okay, with a bunch of administrators, a bunch of principals, a bunch of other things, and we're repping Jesus everywhere, you know what I'm saying? And so it was awesome. People go to me, man, it's so cool. A church is in this right now. Like, so it's just great. It's great for us to be in the community, but I want to say thank you. If you helped out, would you raise your hand? Who helped out? All right, give these guys a hand. Thank you so much. It was awesome. All right, so life groups. We are super stoked for life groups. Um, can I say that? Super stoked? That's, that dates me, I guess, in some way. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live it, though, because that, that's me. So super stoked for life groups. Uh, man, these are launching uh, this 25th of February, but we get signed up today. They're online. Uh, next week, we're going to have an awesome uh, event here in the hub right outside the worship center. You can meet the leaders, get connected. It is an awesome time to build relationships. I know some of you guys have been asking about it, like like half of you. And so I expect you guys to go on there today. You can go to the info page. You can go to our website. You can sign up right there. It is actually really cool. You can sift through it with childcare, kid-friendly, uh, by, by area. So it's actually really, really awesome programming that we put, put into it. So I want to say thanks to Diane. She did a lot of legwork on it. So uh, just an incredible, incredible ministry. So sign up today. Don't miss out. You guys are going to love it. Uh, so today is our second part of a series called The Vow, and we are just excited to really just pour into you guys' relationships, uh, mainly your marriages, but if you're not, you're single, man, there's some great stuff to hold on to as you begin to date, or if you're dating somebody, maybe to change the, no, just kidding, don't change, uh, we love those people you're with, but you might have to change somebody you're with, but the vow of partnership, that's what we're going to talk about today, the vow of partnership. So how many of you married somebody opposite of you? Anybody like that? Married somebody opposite of you? All right, you know, they say opposite attract, you know, got some Paul Abdul going on there. And then when you're married, 
opposites attack, right? All of a sudden, it's like, what in the world? You know, you were, you were funny and cute, and now you're just, like, annoying, you know? It's like, that was really cool, but not anymore. We're kind of over it. Drew, did you laugh back there? You did. I like it. I get that all the time. You know, Diane's always rolling her eyes because I still tell the same jokes like a million times over. She's like, oh, yeah, and everything's thinks it's great. I think it's great. But she's like, man, I'm over this, right? I mean, some of you, you got, you got this girl like super organized, like, oh, man, it's amazing. And then, you know, you get married and you're like, man, you're like OCD. Like, you're crazy. Like, you're just, wow. Like, I can't put that in a dishwasher, you know? Like, what? Like, all this going on. I mean, sometimes it's out of control. So me and Diane, like, we're, we're pretty much opposites. I mean, for the most part, she's an introvert, like super, like, you know, she don't go on a phone call. She's, she's laid back. She's all that. I'm, I'm an extrovert. I'm like complete opposite personality. Like I'm going to talk to anybody, go anywhere, do anything. She slows down, like smells the roses, like, oh, look at this cool flower. And I'm like, boom, running over. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a speed demon. You know, I was, I walk fast. I mean, if you go to me, I'm at Home Depot or Lowe's, I'm, I'm chugging along and Dine's like, slow down, slow down. I, I, you know, I was born premature, and, you know, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I wasn't born premature. I made that up, but <laughs> sorry, Mom. But I do everything fast. That was a joke, by the way. I'm not trying to lie to you, all right? But here's the thing. Diane, she loves to relax. That's, that's her thing. She just will come home, and her idea, like, of a Sabbath day, a day off, a day of relaxation. I don't relax by doing nothing. That's not me. I'm the complete opposite. So I'm like, dude, we got to get something done, you know? So we start remodeling Jack's next room and all this stuff. And she's like, man, you're killing me. I'm like, what? This is, this is like therapeutic, you know? Like working is therapeutic. And she's like, you're crazy. Absolute opposite personality as my wife. So Diane, she loves this thing called a nap. Any nappers out there? We're not friends. I love you all, but we're not friends. So, um, man, I'm like napping. Why? You know, like I'll st- I should say nothing. Naps are awesome. I love naps, babe. I'm over it. All right, but we're very different, right? We're very different. But over the years, you learn to appreciate the differences, amen? You learn to appreciate that we're built together. We're made to be on purpose. And so I think that Satan wants to divide our relationships. So many arguments are over basically nothing. It's just the way we do things, and we should appreciate the way it's done because we see different perspective. And so I believe God today wants to unite us, unite our marriages, see us with different eyes, uh, just how we live together in our relationships. So last week, we talked about vow number one, the vow to always pursue my number two. So we're going to pursue our number two. We're going to put our number two ahead of us. We're going to serve first. We're not going to blame or point. We're just going to live out the life that God called us to do to pursue my number two. And so today we talk about vow number two. I promise our marriage will be about we and not about me. That's about we. Somebody say we. We. And not about me. Not about me. Okay, you got I like that. Nice work, Adam. Not about me. So the vow of partnership. So marriage is a covenant relationship. It's a covenant relationship, and it's called marriage, and it's now about we, 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 we. It's not about we. There's no longer me in marriage, no longer I in marriage. It's about we. And so it's got to change. We've got to change our style. So it says in Genesis 2, 24, it says this. This is why a man leaves his father and mother is united to his wife, united to his life, and they're one flesh. Amen, one flesh? Maybe it's just me. I'm like, one flesh. Yeah, man, I love one flesh. It's awesome. Um, so one flesh, united. The Hebrew word united, you got ekad, united. It means completely joined as one. Like you're one thing, you're one flesh. And so Jesus is gonna quote this verse in Genesis 2.24. He's gonna quote it in the New Testament and he adds stuff to this verse. And before I jump into what he adds, what truth he adds to this, I just wanna be sensitive to everybody in the room because I know there's so much pain around the topic of family, marriages. You know, none of us are in a perfect home. 
None of us have a perfect past. But I believe in this room, I'm not speaking shame or guilt or your past, but I believe today we can take the next step forward in whatever God has for you. Amen? So we're not looking back. We're not pointing fingers. Like, I'm not judging anybody. I believe God has something better for us. Some of, some of us maybe made our own mistakes. Some of us didn't have a choice, and we're in a situation. But I believe today we can say, where does God want us to go? What does our marriage look like? How can I make it about we? And to take our next step for Jesus, the next chapter to lay a good foundation, something that's God-honoring and maybe generational changing for your kids. And so Matthew 19, Jesus says this in verse 4. He says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one, but one flesh. Somebody say we again, we we therefore what God has joined together let no one separate man how in the world can we do this with so much selfishness so much of like me so much of I so much of what I want to do and I'm like struggling like me and Diane like we're not perfect unbelievable right it's mainly me she's perfect not me and we get into it you know we're like man and I'm like I step back for a minute I'm like man we're arguing about nothing like this is nothing this is absolutely Stupid, you know? Like, what am I even fighting for here? And we're so selfish. Like, how can we live this out with so many marriages just coming apart at the seams? Like, what is it that makes the difference? What makes the difference? And it's simply this truth that marriage is a covenant, not a contract. Marriage is a covenant, not, not a contract. So what's a contract? There's a huge difference. So if you're at a contract, a contract basically is signed by two people and says, hey, if you do your half or your part, I'll do mine. But as soon as you don't do your part, then I have the right to do what I want to do on my side. And so we have a contract. Anybody own rental properties? Anybody rent? Anybody do all that kind of stuff and you get the contract going? You know what I'm talking about. You have that contract on purpose because you're, you're mitigating the risk, right? Like if this doesn't go well, I got some, you know, I've got some rights here. And so in a marriage, you know, sometimes you think it's just like a sheet of paper. Like it's not that important, but it's so different. It's a covenant. It's a covenant before God. When you have a contract, you're almost saying like, man, I don't really fully trust you. Because if I did, we wouldn't really need this. And so I'm going to kind of have some terms, you know. And if I do my part, then it's good. If you don't do your part, then it's kind of going to get sideways. So we kind of have this little agreement going on. And so I'm going to only go as far as you want me to. That's a contract. And so I want to encourage you today to really rethink about your marriage. It's a covenant. It's a mutual commitment to follow Christ together. It's both you saying, I'm 100% in no matter what. No matter what. No matter how hard it gets. No matter how many things were, were broken, no matter what mistake I made, I'm going to be 100% in. I'm going to follow, no matter what you do, hey, my, my choices aren't based on you. I'm going to do 100%. We're both going to be in for Jesus. We made this commitment till death do us part. Amen? So covenant, there's a, the word covenant in Old Testament is the word bereath. It means a cutting, a binding. It's a blood covenant. So in the Old Testament, when there's a covenant, there's always a shedding of blood. And so the New Testament was actually issued in by Jesus. When he died on the cross, his blood issued in what we call the new covenant, the new way of grace, a new way of God, and how he, a new way of how God deals with man. And so I want to give you this illustration of how people got married in the Old Testament. And so a priest would cut the groom's hand, okay, and he would be bleeding. And you take the, the bride and cut her hand, they put them together and tie it with a rope. And it became a blood covenant. Like you're together. Like this is, this is for keeps. Like, you're going to keep working on this journey your entire life. And it, you take it to the next level. And in the honeymoon, you'd have a virgin man who would enter into a virgin woman, and then there would be blood. 
And that blood be a physical expression of the unity between them, but a spiritual expression of the uniting of two people together under God. That you're one flesh. Like, I'm accountable. We're accountable to each other. Like, we follow a higher thing than just me. We follow God. And so the gift of lovemaking was given by God. Amen? The gift, yeah, all the guys, amen. <laughs> Women are like, dang it. God, Why? But anyway, gift of love, it's beautiful, it's holy, it's righteous, it's made by God. It's, it's very awesome in its right place, but it's very dangerous outside of that right place. And so, you know, this may sound weird. I'm going to sound like an old person, you know, because I guess I am now. And, you know, it's weird when I say, who said amen or something? I missed it. That's how old I am. I didn't even hear you. Okay, perfect. I don't know what you said, but I'll watch the tape later. I'll figure it out. And I said tape because that's cool too because <laughs> we watch that all the time around here. Cut that out of there. Just kidding. Anyway, so but you think about you think about this idea of love making, and it's made for people that are married. I know I sound old, don't I? I mean, that's like this is like right. Like who does that anymore? You know, and it sounds weird, and it's admittedly weird. I mean, if I go out and say, "Hey guys, you know, you should make in love. You know, you should have sex before you're married." People are like, "Who are you? What world you grew up in?" I'm like, I know it's not normal, but you know what? That's okay. Like I've seen what normal's like. I've seen normal. I grew up in normal. I grew up, I had divorced parents. It's nothing bad. I love them both. But like, hey, that's normal. That's how it works. You know, I've seen the fights. I've seen the bitterness. I've seen the anger. I've seen things broken. I've seen people not talk. I've seen lawsuits in the family. I've got drama here and there. Like, I've seen normal. I don't want normal, amen? Like, I'd like to be the willow weird on this one. Like, I'm going to be like, yeah, God's maybe got this one under control. He designed it for a purpose. He designed it to be part of the marriage scene. So reserving lovemaking until you're married, man, this is something that me and Diane, man, we, I mean, it's, it's a battle, right? And we did that. We said, man, we're going to we're commit. Like, hey, we're going we're gonna to stay pure until we're married. And, man, that's a, that is a, like, for anybody, it's like, man, how are we going to do that? And you get engaged. Like, oh, man. Hey, we did that. And we said, man, that's going to be something we're going to do. So we follow through with that. Now, if you didn't take that foundational step, hey, you're not like totally off course, okay? Like it's not completely over for you or something, but that's just something we chose to do. So if you're out there, you're single and you're like, hey, you know, or you're in a relationship with the, getting pressure to do something, man, don't do it. Do what God calls you to do. It's, there's a covenant that God allows that to be in. So the foundation that we set helped us in our marriage. You know, here's what happens today. People, they pretend to be married, right? Because it's cheaper. Because I can move in, right, with my because it's cheaper rent, that's what I meant to say, right? It's cheaper not over time. But you move in, right? Like, hey, I'm just going to get move in with me. You know, we can save money on rent. We can get together. It will be, you know, whatever. You get the toothbrush and the toothbrush, right? And you bring your coffee table. I'll bring my Xbox. And, you know, we have our thing going, right? And then it's all, it's all good, you know? And then we fall out of love, right? Something happens, like whatever it is. And all of a sudden, I'm taking my toothbrush, your toothbrush is I'm gonna clean the toilet with and give it to you, you know? And I'm moving out and you owe me, you know, all this stuff. I got my coffee table back. And what we do is we pretend to be married, right? And then we practice divorce. Like, this is my encouragement for you. Like, we don't do those things because we're actually mimicking the very thing we don't wanna do later in life because when you fall in love with that person, you wanna be with forever, you don't wanna have that habit in your life, right? Like, we don't go down that same road, so we're going to say, God, I want to put you first now. I want to have a covenant with my wife, my spouse, so I'm not going to go down that road. This is why we don't enter a contract. We're in a covenant. We made this agreement for richer or for poorer, for health, for good times, for bad, until death do us part. Those are the commitments, amen? We said before God Almighty, before the Holy Spirit, before Jesus, the Son, the Father, the Holy Spirit, man, I'm going to be with you. And then life happened, amen, babies? 
money problems, the dreams maybe didn't come together, maybe it's been a lot longer than you thought, there was health issues, things got sidetracked, and all of a sudden we just like, man, it's just not worth it. And so this morning, I want to just remind us, like, this is a covenant before God. It's not a mutual commitment. This isn't 50-50, like, you do your half, I'll do my half, we'll meet in the middle. I'm going to do all of it. Like, she's pregnant, I'm like, I'm going to do what I can to make sure this house is cleaned up. Hey, trust me, I don't like cleaning the house. Any amens, right? Like, but I like a clean house. So that doesn't really work out. Like, I've got to kind of do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't be like, hey, you're going to do this and this. I don't go around and boss my wife around, you know. That's not my style. Like, I'm going to lead. I'm just going to say, hey, I'm gonna, let's go do this. I'm gonna, let's, I'll clean the dishes, babe. Don't worry about the dishes. I'm, I'm getting angry about the dishes now. I start scrubbing stuff. Like, she's like, you're overcleaning. I'm like, you should be happy, you know. Like, I'm scrubbing that. I don't like these dirty forks, you know. But anyway, but marriage, marriage is about 100%. Just do it. Just be the guy. Just start doing it. Don't, don't even think about it. Don't whine, don't complain. Just be like, I'm just gonna do take care of everything I can and we're just gonna meet at 100%. So if you do zero, I'm doing 100. Now that doesn't sound very fair, does it? But that's a commitment for God I made that I'm gonna do 100%. So marriage isn't dividing everything in half. You know, it's not about splitting out roles and all that stuff. It's about doing all that God wants you to do. We have this commitment. It's not do unto others as they do unto you. It's do unto others as Christ did unto you. Do unto others as Christ did unto you, amen? That we're not called to say, hey, this is, this is about me, it's about Christ. And so I'm going to serve harder. I mean, some of you guys are barely hanging in there, and I, I'm, I'm feeling you. Like, some of you guys are getting mistreated, right? Some of you women are with a guy, and it's just like, this ain't working. This guy's not pursuing me at all. And some of you guys are with a girl, and she's not pursuing you at all. And I want to encourage you, man, do 100%. Do 100%. Do what Christ would do. Serve like Christ would serve. Show up like, have the humility. Have the, have the humility to forgive every day. Say, God, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put you first. It's so difficult to look over all this stuff. Small things become bigger, right? But Jesus, things change. And so I want to encourage you to put God in the right order. See, a covenant's a partnership. It's all about we. It's godly leadership and mutual submission. And, and, I, and I, I'm going to get on submission. I know, like, this is going to sound old school. And some of you are like, man, like, I don't want to hear about this part, you know. But godly leadership and mutual submission, that the word we. It says in Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, so many guys, they forget that verse, right? Like, submit. It's like, well, it's actually mutual submission, amen? Like, we submit to one another as we follow Christ. It's not a dictatorship as a leader, as a man in the house, okay? And so all I want to do is I want to share this passage that Jesus has in Ephesians 5.22 through 24. It says this. It says, wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. For the husband's the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he's your Savior. And so I've heard it said, like, hey, the husband's the head, but the wife's the neck. You just turn that head where you want to. <laughs> Like that, that doesn't really work, but I, I like the joke. Um, but man, there is a biblical order of the home, you know? And as a man, we're called to lead. Doesn't mean you're a dictator. Doesn't mean you can do what you want to do. But you're called to lead. Godly leadership, you're called to lead your family. It means you're going to take the stress. You're not going to advocate. You're not going to walk out. You're not going to quit. You're going to rise up. You're going to be honorable. You're going to be respectful. You're going to be the kind of person that the woman wants to follow, amen? And you're going to lead that way, and she'll have no problem submitting to you when you're leading the direction that God calls you to do. And says, says, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. And this is a huge concept. And uh, I'm not going to dive into it because I'm a guy, right? And so I'm not going to, like, tell you what all this looks like. But I figured I'd invite Diane up and share a little bit, like, what does submission look like in this kind of relationship? What does it look like for a marriage from the woman's perspective? So give it up for Diane. She's going to share a little bit. You're looking good, baby. Literally, baby. Baby. Oh, it messed up again. He told me, don't do it that way. It's going to mess up. He's right. Oh, I said it on stage. He's right. See? 
<laughs> no, but thinking about submission, it's kind of a, you know, it is kind of a weird idea. It sounds kind of like an antiquated word, but what I kind of really think about when I think about it, first of all, is like it says on there, you know, we, we practice that example of submitting to God, submitting to Christ in our lives. And that looks a lot of different ways in a lot of different circumstances. But I think practically the biggest way I think about submission to Sean is trust. And I think about a lot of times it's easy to be like, oh, I trust God in this situation, but what are you thinking? You know what I mean? And say like, you want to do what or this? But in the same way that I look and I trust God and say, you know what, you've got this. I can also trust that God put us together and God put things in him and put things in me that work better together. And I can say, okay, I trust you and I trust that you're leading him and us together into this way. And also something I always share, like with younger women, I used to, we used to do youth ministry a lot that arguably the submission is the easier role because the verse that he didn't share, it says before that, it's like husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. And so you have this role where you have this, you know, ideally in, you know, God's picture, it says, hey, you sacrifice everything for me. Well, that makes it pretty easy to go, okay, yeah, let's do that, you know. So the submission role actually in a marriage that's following God is it's a pretty easy idea, but trust is really what I think of. And do I trust Sean, you know, to take care of our family to lead us? And I do. Um, so how do we submit to each other? Practically, it's the same way. We trust, you know. He, just like he was saying, we understand that we have different gifts. We have different abilities. And there's different situations where I lean into him and what he's good at and gifted at and say, I'm going to need you to help lead this. I need you to help organize this. I need you to help me get this stuff done. And he's got situations where he says, I need to lean into you and your intuition. You know, you have this gift of, you know, communicating with people and understanding them. Where am I missing? Am I running over somebody who's been hurt, you know, in different things like that. And we, we submit to each other by celebrating what each other is good at when it is sometimes easier to be annoyed that you want to work on our entire day off. You know, it's easier to do those things, but then also to appreciate and say, yeah, let's do that together. Let's celebrate those things. Um, and then the final question I've been given is what do we do when we disagree? And I'm like, you for real, you know, (laughs) it's real life, right? What do we do when we disagree? Um, And certainly there's not always times when we disagree appropriately or over anything that's important. When you look back, you're like, why did we spend, you know, 30 minutes disagreeing about that? It's not that important. But I think the biggest thing that we've learned in disagreement over the years is that we know that we're different. And we know that we argue differently. And one of the biggest things I've learned is that you can't not fight fair. And sometimes you almost said, like, I was talking to a coworker at work and they aren't, you know, they don't go to church and they're like, no matter what we do, there's no cuss words when we argue. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's fair. But in general, the principle is we set ground rules, you know, there's certain things like I can think a lot of really mean things to say in my head, but I'm going to stop and I'm going to say, let's just sit and listen, you know, or it it sounds kind of funny, but you almost have to set those things down because you will disagree and you will be different and you will argue differently and you will know better than anybody in the world. I know know how to push his buttons better than anybody. But I don't do that because we're a we, you know, and it's one time, um, a long time ago, someone told us in our marriage counseling, like, you don't shoot the guy in your foxhole, you know, you want to be there for each other, fight for each other with each other. So I think that's the biggest thing I've learned over my not as long as some of you of marriage, but 10 and a half years of how to play nice in the sandbox. So Nice work, babe. We don't ever fight. She made that up. I'm just kidding. No, we really learned. Um, I married a good woman. That's what I learned. <laughs> so she puts up with me. Yes, yeah, she give it up, man. Jer- Jerry's Jerry's clapping. <laughs> 
but it's true. Yes, that is very true. Married outside my league, for sure. And I think, you know, the big thing is just humility. To be humble enough to say you're wrong, to know yourself, to know how to treat your spouse, to lead. Because if you ever do something for yourself, it's no longer leadership. That's just selfishness. And so part of it's just dying to yourself. It's just not about me anymore. It's not about me. It's not even really about her. It's about God. It's about our family. It's about bigger things. It's about the kingdom. And so, you know, our relationship is really pulling the same direction. And so for me, like, I don't sit back and make all the decisions. I run all my stuff by Diane. Uh, she sees things I don't see. We have different personalities. She's, she's a very good sensing person. So I may be like, man, we're going to take this next hill. You know, we're going to do this, this, and this. And she's like, well, I think some of these people are a little burned out. Well, they don't know he's burned out. You know, we're good. And she sees this, you know, or she sees, hey, there's, there's something going on in that relationship that you may not be seeing. I'll, oh, okay. And I'll, and, you know, I would say she's about 99% right on most of that stuff, you know? Like, there's just something there. And so it's awesome to have somebody who has a different gift. And so for me, like, my relationship, I've, I've never been the kind of guy that says, well, I'm going to do it my way anyway. I know we don't agree on it, but I'm going to do it this way. I know you don't like any of this. And I'm going to do it this way. That's, that's not how it works, you know? If she feels off or feels like it's not, she's not comfortable with it, time out, you know? Like maybe God's saying, do it later. Maybe we should shift roles on that. Maybe we should find a different way of doing it. I listen to her a lot. And you know what? She, she really honestly, without her, this wouldn't be going on. Like she has a strong desire and passion for God. And so, man, I'm blessed to be married to you. Uh, it's awesome that we have the same passions in life. Uh, for me and Diane, like we want to serve Jesus together, right? Like we want to do more for God together. That's something I didn't see modeled in my house growing up. We want to follow God. We want to do something big for Christ. We want to see God move in people's lives. For us, for our kids, we want them to go further and faster and farther than we did, like for anything in their life, right? We want their life to be easier than we had. We want the road to be a little different. We want them to still have a hard work ethic, but we want them to just go after it, right? We want the best for them. We say a little world changer, everybody says that, but man, we believe in it, you know? Like, man, God can use your life. Um, we both want to be parents together at home, right? Like, we don't want to be separated. Like, I grew up in a broken home. Like, man, I want that for my kid. I, I want to be the grandpa, the, you know, the great-grandpa one day. And it's like, your whole family is different because you followed Christ. Like, I set, that, I set that legacy. Like, one day I won't be here, but it lives on through me because I built a thing of character. I built something into my kids. I, I honored my wife. I, re, I lived out the path that God had for me. I want to model servanthood to my kids. Like, I want them to work hard, you know? I come here every week, help set up. I love setting up. Some people, maybe not their thing, but man, I love just getting after it. And I want my boy to be like, hey, you know, my dad, he works hard. Like, I want him to see that, right? I want to be generous. Man, we made this early on a relationship. We've always given to church. We've always given to, to other ministries. We just make it a part of who we are and say, man, we're generous what God has given us. He has truly blessed our life. And so we have the responsibility to give back to others, to help them know what we know about God, to, be, to make their life just better. Amen? Like we're, we have that gift of generosity. And so we just want to give it away. My wife, she is so generous. I mean, she has just a heart to just to, to serve. She's always challenged me, hey, you come up with a number, we're just going to double it. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to start thinking differently. I'm just kidding. But it's just amazing what God has put together. And so some of you are thinking, hey, that's really cool. I mean, glad for you, Pastor Sean. Glad you got a good marriage, man. You know, I know you're a preacher and, and uh, you know, it's just not, it doesn't work that way. So I'm just going to just kind of maybe get in the grill a little bit. Because I know a lot of times in church, you're like, yeah, that preacher, he's, it's all together for the preacher. It's, it's, no. <laughs> like, we have the same busy, crazy schedule as everybody else, right? Like, I promise you, our schedules are absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. We sacrifice a lot. I mean, my wife should even sleep on Saturday night, or Saturday, Sunday, Friday night into Saturday. Didn't even sleep. She took a second shift to, to serve in an event and do this stuff. Like, absolutely crazy schedules. 
I mean, and so we have that. Life is not any less busy or more busy. We're busy together. And Satan attacks our marriage just like everybody else. Like he's throwing curveballs in our lives. When we took in foster kids, you talk about a curveball. <laughs> and we signed up for it, you know? Curveball's coming. Man, my flesh is, is just as real as your flesh. Like I'm not superhuman. There's not a, a big ass on my chest. I wish there was, you know, I love Superman. But there's not. Like I'm, I'm weak. Like we fall, I fail, I sin, I, I have mistakes. Dying's the same way, it makes mistakes. We've, we've been there, we've had fights, we've had our we've, we've thought things we have thought, done things we shouldn't have done. We've all been there. I'm not perfect. We face health issues. I mean, we face family drama. There's skeletons in the closet, right? You guys you all got skeletons, right? Man, serious, we have serious expectations on us. Like in a leadership position of a church or any kind of leadership, you have expectation. We have serious expectations on us. We have to live with that every day. We have a very, very blessed marriage. Very blessed because it's there's humility. There's humility. And it's not because we're pastors, man. It is zero to do, whether we are pastors in this church or not, before we did this, their marriage was the same way. Like it's not because I'm in this role, it's because we work really, 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 really hard at we. Amen? We work at we. It is not natural. There's nothing natural about that to say, I'm gonna serve like Christ served. I'm gonna lay down my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be crucified. I'm like, I'm, it's not about me anymore. Like I'm gonna follow God's path. Like, I'm gonna live it out, man. I made a commitment to this woman. Like, yeah, things change. So what? We change with them. We adapt. We follow God. And so it's not because I'm anybody special. It's because of Jesus. And your marriage will only be as good as you both decide it will be. Your marriage will only be as good as you both decide it will be. You can make that choice this morning, amen? Like, I choose to have a marriage like this. I choose to follow. I choose to give 100% back. Man, I don't feel like it. We say a lot, don't we? I don't feel like it. I hear all the time, man. We spell out love, spell out love. It's just over. We could we couldn't make it without love. And it, it, I get that. I get there's a time period that it falls apart. But at the same time, you know, we don't get to use that in any other area of our life, right? Like, man, I I, I don't feel like going to work today. Whew. I just well, some of us did that. How's that working out, right? I didn't feel like going to work, man. I didn't I didn't feel like paying my taxes. I'll, you're in prison, that's cool. You like prison, man, that, that, you can go there. Man, I didn't feel like feeding the baby. Try that for a few days. See how that works out. It's not gonna work, right? We don't feel like, it. man, your feelings lie to you. Our feelings are deceptive. I, most of the things I know need to be done, I don't feel like doing. Like, I don't feel like getting up at four o'clock this morning to see what the roads are doing, but I know there's something worth it. There's something worth it. So I'm gonna get up, right? I'm gonna work harder. I'm just gonna be that guy. I'm gonna get some energy in my step. Like I'm gonna do what God's called me to do because it's not easy, but it's worth it. Nothing worth it is easy. And so I choose to just forget my feelings. It's like the caboose, right? Your feelings are gonna follow the train of character. Like you just gotta get that character and you gotta go. The feelings will follow. I'm gonna tell you this, marriage is, is measured by your commitment. It's measured by your commitment. It's not measured by your feelings. It's measured by your commitments. Oftentimes, I don't feel like I'm in love, but guess what? At the end of the day, I know I'm in love. If I put the time into it, if I water the grass, amen, I know that there is love. Man, but I'm not happy. I fell out of love, man. Getting divorced because you fell out of love is like saying you sell your car because you ran out of gas. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't fill it up, but ah, I just got rid of it. This stupid car doesn't work. So we didn't put anything in it. So this morning, a simple challenge, guys. Fill it up filled up. What's it look like for you to fill up your marriage? May be faithful to what God has put in your hands. Man, fill it back up, man. It's not about me. It's about we. Man, there's a big difference between being united and being untied. And it's all where you put the eye. It's all where you put the eye.
if you're united, you put the eye different than you do untied. When you untie something, it's just how you see yourself. And it's a simple little shift, right? And today you can do something that you may be neglecting, something that may be just surprised. This is Valentine's Day, amen? Valentine's Day week? Husbands, man, just go after it, man. Your marriage, you should have this. This should be like honeymoon too, you know what I'm saying? This week is your week. Like, go serve, go honor, man, be respectable. Some of these guys are like, man, I'm, my wife's isn't doing this, my wife's isn't doing that. It's like, hey, give her something to honor then. Like, show up and work hard. Quit complaining. Like, I don't complain about my wife. You know why? Because I love her. You start talking trash on her, you're gonna be in the parking lot with me. We're gonna have a throwdown. I'm not gonna be a pastor anymore. Like, you're gonna be hurt, you know? I'm just kidding, I won't hurt you. I'm just kidding, I will. No, I'm just kidding, I won't. <laughs> anyway, man, God wants to change your marriage. God wants to use it, man. We, bl- we believe in you guys. I know God's gonna work in you. It's about we, not about me, mutual submission. Father, we pray, we come before you, God. We know there's so many people that are hurting. God, so many people have been in just tough situations in their marriage, God. So I pray for healing this morning. God, I pray for a miracle to happen. God, I know when it seems like it's hopeless, we've been running that same pattern. We run the same course 10,000 times in a row, God. But I pray today will be a breakthrough moment that we take the different side of the fork in the road. God, I pray for those who aren't married. God, you give a desire, God, for we. God, that we look for that in people. People are serving, people are humble. God, I pray that we run in our lane, God, that we'd work hard. God, that you'd give us a character and then we'd look up and see somebody next to us that's running the same course, God, that we'd move closer to each other. And God, that you'd just give us a spouse, God, that wants to be the we relationship. As we continue to pray, maybe church, you need to know where to submit first. Where do you submit to? You submit to God first. It's not easy, right? It's so easy to run from God and be rebellious or just be distant from him. But if you say, hey, today I'm a Christ follower, man, I want to recommit to following God today. Would you just raise your hands this morning? If you'd say, I want to put God first in my marriage. I want to put God first in my relationship. I want to submit to him in this role. I want to submit to Jesus first. I see your guys' hands across the room. Man, amen, 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 amen. Man, I pray for you guys. Help us to get over our feelings, God. Help us just to run the lane. God, we're married. We're taking somebody with us. God, we want our spouse to go further and farther than we do. God, help us to lay down our life. God, help us to build each other up. God, help us to use words of encouragement. God, help us to, to argue fair. God, I pray for our marriage today. Maybe it's been through some pain. God, I pray that we do what is right in this moment. God, I pray we wouldn't act out of, out of bitterness, God, or, or feeling. God, we'd act out of character. And so, God, I pray you just give us a strong passion to follow you this morning. God, I pray for somebody's spouse, maybe that's not here, that they come back to church, God, that they come back to you. God, that they see things differently because of what Jesus did on the cross. God, I pray for those relationships to heal this morning. God, help us to submit to your son, Jesus, just like you submitted, just like Jesus submitted to God, the Father. God, help us to have a strong marriage this morning. Man, as I talked this morning, I talked about the word I, and where is the I in your relationship? And so if you're honest, you might be standing here and you say, hey, look, uh, you know, I get, I'm a good person, man. Like I've done my thing. I go to church a little bit and maybe your life's just a little bit too much about you. And if I ask the question, do you know for sure because of Jesus, because of the way he did on the cross that the new covenant you're forgiven because of Jesus' blood on the cross, that Jesus died for your sins. They covered everything in your past, everything that you could do in the future, that he made us right with him. There's no strings attached. If you're honest with yourself, you'd recognize that God is pulling you out of your sin, that God doesn't want you to live in that sin and you might, be, might need to be in the right place with God. You need to surrender to Jesus this morning, to surrender his work on the cross, to surrender what Jesus did for you, that he died and rose again so he can make you brand new and have new life in him. So anyone who calls on the name of Jesus is forgiven. 
is made completely new. You recognize that you're not here on accident. Maybe this is your day to say, yes, I recognize I need Jesus in my life. I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. I need to give my life to him. So all across this room, if that's you, if you say, hey, I'm a sinner in need of a savior, man, I need to take Jesus into my life today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? They'll be looking around. Anybody like that this morning? Just say, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a sinner in need of Jesus, that God can change my life. But I don't want to pray for you this morning. Just say this prayer in your heart, if that's you. Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins. Jesus, save me, forgive me, and make me new. I will live according to your purpose. God, send your spirit in my life. I want to thank you for a new life in Christ. My life is not mine. It's not about me, God. It's about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, what an incredible the morning we've had this morning. Man, I appreciate you guys. I believe in you. Man, what, what an awesome thing it is to be married to follow God, to have that commitment. So I'm actually gonna pray, ask God to just use your guys' life. You stand, we're gonna sing one more song and ask God to do it again. God, I pray that you would just use our marriages, God, to be a reflection of you. God, I pray that you would build a strong covenant before you. God, just do it again this morning. God, I pray this week would be awesome for our families. I pray this would be the most fun they've ever had in the last 10 years or 20 years. God, I pray this week would be so different because we're putting you first. We're gonna out-serve each other, out-give each other. We're gonna out-love each other. We're gonna out-do everything for each other. God, I pray that there'd be a passion that's not been there in the last 10, 15 years. God, I pray you ignite the fire. God, I pray that people would have honest conversations, be honest with themselves. God, I pray that this church would be full of families that are just absolutely in love with you. God, that we'd sacrifice everything for our spouse, God, because it's not about what anybody else does, it's about what we do, Jesus, because we're following you. God, we lift it up this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.